0: Welcome to the NPS Listen, Learn, and Lead series, a series of interviews with some of the great leaders of our campus who are making the learning experience here so special, both as an education and research mission. We have here today Dr. Nita Shattuck, the director of the Crew Endurance team out of our OR department and out of g Dr. Shattuck, thank you very much for being with this interview, and thank you for your dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I met each other. Actually, your work touched me when I was the commander at Great Lakes. Right. And so, and you did some marvelous work for us in the whole sleep study area for the recruits coming through boot camp. So it's a pleasure to now be able to be working alongside you here at NPS. Before getting into some descriptions of your great work, tell me a little bit about you and what got you
1: here So I am so fortunate to have this position i I think often um, if you didn 't even pay me, I would love to do this job. I love this work, so I started out um, in my graduate work i I would go over to the library and i was I was supposed to be looking at child development and and cognitive performance in kids. And I would come back with all these articles on military members, Navy divers, cognitive performance at, in cold water and things like that. So I would, I would come back with things that were really, my professor would come in and look at my, the things I was reading, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is fascinating. So I was really captured by that. And I think probably one of the reasons I, had this real interest in the military is my dad was a navy chief actually he enlisted in the navy in 1941 he was uh, a corpsman navy corpsman and his first assignment was Pearl Harbor and Hawaii and he was at Pearl Harbor Mm -hmm. when it was bombed and then continued uh, through the navy through uh, the next sixty three months he was deployed so that's a long deployment Uh-oh. so hearing these stories from my dad uh... i think kind of really influenced me i really had this heart for the sailors and the lives that they live sailors and marines um, because of of that background and then i've just been so fortunate to have been able to do research both for the air force the navy the army and then again now here at nps where we have all these students, amazing students that I'm able to teach.
0: Well you know it's interesting because you had a a personal uh, contact with the Navy and the military and then this kind of intellectual contact as you went from one thing to another and then discovered your your passion and now such great effect. I must say is that it always has struck me as very impressive. Everybody who's been a leader in the military, particularly the Navy and the Marine Corps know the name Nita Shattuck. So it's it's, it's great to be able to have this interview with you today. Tell me about the lab. This is a very, you've got some cool stuff. (laughs) And so Hmm. let me, um, give us a sense
1: of what you have here in this lab and then what are in the other labs also. Okay, so what we focus on is human performance. I mean, that's really what I have studied my entire career. So what are the things, the determinants of human performance? So here behind me, I have a ship bridge simulator. Uh, it's a Kongsberg model, and it's used by um, a lot of, of Navy bases. Have Kongsberg simulators to have people practice driving the ship. We've got the, the Coronado Bay Bridge up right now, so uh, so we're in we're in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what we try to do is we have we have devices here in the lab, but we we try to have most of our research is actually done in the field but then we bring things back into the lab and then test things out so for example in and this uh, uh, device what we ended up doing is we were looking at how do we stress people how do we improve their ability to perform in the face of, of high stress so the way that we stressed the, the, the uh, participants in this study <laughs> is we stuck their foot <laughs> in a bucket of ice water. I remember that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, and and so we had this all set up and we had our ice. We'd go over and get buckets of ice over at Herman Hall and bring it back and, and watch their as they're performing because the body doesn't differentiate between kinds of stress. Whether somebody pulls out a gun, points it at you, Are your foot's in a bucket of ice water, your body responds the same way. So what we've been doing is teaching people how do I respond, because everybody's got a little difference in the way they p- respond, how do I respond and how can I continue, how can I work, my, work through that and continue performing in, in the face of stress.
0: So we'll look at, we'll talk about some other parts of your lab, but can you tell us a story as to how that kind of research and work then uh, would relate to some things that, that you learned and have discovered
1: within the Navy? So I think about two fairly recent tragedies in the Navy, the McCain and Fitzgerald. And uh, both of those tragedies happened. Uh, early in the uh, wee hours of the morning. One was at 1.30 in the morning. One was at 5.20, I think, in the morning. So when you think about that, so people have been working through the night. They're very tired. Of course, this very stressful thing happens with this collision. So when they did after action looking at what happened, there were some individuals that were so, so stressed they actually couldn't continue performing. They froze. And so this research and the work that we're doing actually helps people uh, prepare so that when they are in a stressful situation, and that's what we're really trying to do, is to prepare people because we know that that it's not always going to be smooth sailing in the Navy. So how do we prepare people so that we can continue performing regardless of the circumstances.
0: So now in another lab here, you have a wet lab. Why do you talk about that a
1: bit? So in the wet lab, we actually collect, so one of the ways you can uh, measure stress, we can hook up various sensors, like you think about a lie detector test. We can look at your the sweating that you have and, um, and your heart rate and your pupillary dilation, your EEG, but a, back there in the wet lab we can actually look at biomarkers so we can collect, so when you're under stress we can actually see that appear in your saliva so we can collect saliva samples and we can determine uh, how long you've been stressed we can look at all these different biomarkers of stress so we look at alpha amylase and cortisol in particular alpha amylase uh, Uh, peaks very quickly after an event, cortisol more like 20 minutes or so after when it peaks and then um, we can we can look at uh, a chronic stressor called C-reactive protein. So with those three biomarkers we can kind of look at the time course. Have you been under stress for a long period of time? Or, you know, was it just very recently? Or did what happen? did it even cause any stress response at all. So we're doing, uh, we're actually doing this study out at SWAS, mm. uh, now Surface Warfare Officer School in Newport, um, and they really have upped the game for the, the PCOs, PXOs. They send them through the fire trainer and the buttercup, you know, the buttercup yeah, yeah. where the sinking ship and you have to plug the holes. I
0: do. I, I did that as an Officer candy up in Newport. I remember it well.
1: <laughs> and the, the swim. So they have these three very stressful uh, events, and then they also have another stressful event where they have people pulled out of class and now you're going to be monitored while you uh, have to uh, go through a very uh, difficult decision-making process, so. So the other uh,
0: interesting work you're doing about indicators on stress is the aura Ring. Can you talk about that a little bit and and,
1: and how that relates to uh, sleep and stress? Absolutely. So here's one, here is an aura Ring. I don't own stock in the company, but, but uh, I, I think it's a very useful tool. It's something we've just been um, studying recently. We've just gotten them into the lab in the past few weeks. Um, the aura Ring collects heart rate. So one of the things that happens when you're under stress, heart rate uh, will accelerate uh... getting ready to to do things it also looks at respiration rate It looks at heart rate variability and it collects data on your temperature and also on your sleep it's a very unusual we've done lots of sleep research uh... for the past twenty years we've been studying the sleep patterns of sailors and other other members of the military but this one this device is the first wearable that i know that does a really nice job of looking at your sleep stages. So I can wear one of these. I can see how much REM sleep I got, rapid eye movement. I can see how much deep sleep I got, how much light sleep. So it actually does sleep staging, which is a really neat aspect of it. We're gonna be using it in a study. Major Josh Boyle is doing a thesis with me and he's gonna be looking at resilience and training people to, to manage stress better and we're going to be uh, looking at that over a two-month period and we're going to be tracking their uh, their performance longitudinally over that time by wearing aura rings so we'll be collecting so, their yeah,
0: data. So it was interesting when you and I talked with Major Boyle just because we were doing a, some work on getting the project uh, approved and it was interesting here's a special operations forces Officer who's looking at the aura ring as a means to understand not only stress at the moment, but its impact upon resilience, and even thinking about how that will affect a, a, a some knowledge
1: about suicide. Isn't that true? That's right. That's yeah. right. So so one of the challenges when we don't get enough sleep. Of course, if you get me started on sleep, who knows what's going to happen next? I'll just talk your I'll talk your arm off. But uh, so. With sleep, when we think about uh, about sleep, part of the things that happen while we're sleeping is we dream and we work out things that are going on that we've seen, things that are upset about. It's a really a wonderful healing, psychological healing that occurs, not only physical healing, but psychological healing. And we see with people who do not get good sleep, um, That is one of the predictors of depression, and when we look at suicide uh, and people who have attempted suicide, often it's associated with poor sleep and insufficient sleep. So that's one of the things we're really, really interested in. So
0: there'll be many, many students who would love to be able to say that they have a bed in their classroom, but one of your labs has beds in it. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
1: (laughs) It does. So, um, So we have a navy rack. So having, <laughs> having uh, spent uh, many, many nights on Navy ships in my career uh, we've and, and my team, uh, we've had our, our chance to experience what Navy rack sleep is like, but we can't, you know, often we don't have a ship right now right, that's very uh, close by for us to collect data on, so uh, we were briefing Uh, Admiral Brown, Vice Admiral Brown, and and here in the lab, and he was looking at all the work we're doing for, uh, particularly for surface forces, and he said, this is awesome. Tell me, is there anything that I could do to help you? And I said, yes, sir, we need a rack (laughs) (laughs) here in the lab. So we can actually simulate, I mean, when people sleep in their home, you know, with these beautiful mattresses and all this stuff, it's not the same as sleeping in a Navy rack. So, that's what we have. We actually can simulate that and test things out here in the lab, then take them to the ship, then come back so we have that, that capability. So, that's yeah.
0: that. So, I remember meeting with a number of, of your students and how excited, particularly the surface warfare officers were as well as the submarine officers about the rack, about the, uh, the impact upon different kinds of thickness of curtains. Right. And uh, on the light, uh, the light, uh, of in within within a room, and I remember again you're talking about the light at Great Lakes, but there was that there were these uh, uh, sleep aids almost, and one looked like the uh, the aid that Geordie uh, had in Star Trek. You right. know um, uh, that that you put this on and you have the ability to to sleep better. Can you talk just very very briefly about the impact upon lighting on on sleep? So
1: sleep? high energy visible light or blue light. Um, all of us know with our smartphones, smart devices, that blue light suppresses your melatonin. It makes it hard to go to sleep, which is why we always say, don't take your sleep device, I mean, don't take your smartphone to bed with you. Um, So light is this wonderful time-setter. It tells you what time of day it is. And as humans, we like to see light in the morning, and then the light changes, the quality of the light the the spectrum changes over the course of the day and at night we have much less blue light so what we are able to do what we've been doing is is helping sailors that are having to do night shifts work night do night work you give them these light emitters right. and it actually gives them light at night but it fool tricks their body their circadian rhythm right. it can uh, help entrain their circadian rhythm and help them get set up correctly.
0: Well I know we've been we have just so much to, to talk about, but prior to, to ending this interview, can you tell us one or two more stories that really were very gratifying to you that brought your work home to you?
1: So <laughs> One of my favorite ships, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, right? In the Navy, you can't have a favorite ship. Of course ship. you can have your favorite <laughs> ships. Of course you can. One of my favorite Every, ships. Every,
0: everybody in the Navy who's been on a ship has a favorite <laughs> ship, so
1: it's good. So two ships that I would, I would say that the Nimitz, the USS Nimitz aircraft carrier, we studied that ship for about 18 months, the reactor department. And that's where we were able to actually do an experiment and find out that if, sailors worked circadian rhythms, if they they were the circadian based watch bills, we could actually improve their reaction time and uh, reduce their errors. So it was just like, oh my gosh, and they loved it. So the crew loved it. So that was a really um, an amazing situation. And and, uh, out, out of that, I actually was able to brief at the time, he was a four star admiral John Richardson, who became our Chief of Naval Operations. When I briefed him about it, he said, well, th- if the aviators can do it, why can't the rest of the Navy do it? And I said, well, sir, there's absolutely no reason. You're absolutely, you're right. So he said, will you help me set up guiding principles? And that's something we were able to do, which is a uh, it's really having an effect across the Navy. And behind you, I want to point out, this is, Uh, This was a gift from one of my favorite ships, the USS Chafee. And I was riding um, DDG-90. I was riding the ship. Uh, We actually, our team boarded uh, uh, the ship in Mexico and rode the ship down to Valparaiso, Chile, collecting data. And it was just this amazing, amazing opportunity. I'd never been to to the southern hemisphere before, before uh, riding the ship. But then a couple of months, and so we're collecting data, found some great results. At the time, we were looking at uh, four ships, two on circadian-based watch bills and two on the other watch bills, typical five and dime kind of watch bill. And our ships, the ones on the circadian-based watch bills, did much better. A couple of months later, when I got back, I got this big box and I'm thinking, what is this? And it was this. The, the crew had gone together and had gotten me this, this ship's uh, quilt, I guess, blanket. You know,
0: you know, one of the things that marks you, Dr. Shattuck, is that when you touch others, they are touched in indeed. When, when your work is so authentic, your care and your passion are so real and so genuine, sailors f- feel that, and Marines and soldiers and airmen. And that's part of your magic here as one of our most favorite professors, is your passion for our people who are at sea and in the air and out there in the, op- the operational environment. You've had an impact upon them and, and I'm grateful that you're part of the team here and you're teaching and you're making the fleet and the field and the force better and it's been a genuine pleasure an honor to be able to interview you today, and we can certainly go in into the website for NPS and look up the crew and endurance team, can't we?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So
0: let, I would invite all of those who have been listening to this interview to do that. There's some great work that Dr. Shattuck and her team and her students have done in remarkable ways to discover how people can be more, can be healthier, more resilient and actually better in every way as sailors, marines, airmen, and soldiers. Thank you very, very much for this
1: wonderful interview. Thank you, Dr. You're Shadd. welcome.